Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Just drilled him with a right hand and missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platform. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Joining you in the 630 Chet Studios along with Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now. We open with Tragically Hip and Why, Brendan. Three years ago today, Bob, they did their swan song concert in the hometown of Kingston. Escort uh, wrapped up that final tour. Wow, man. That is, uh, that's just, uh, puts kind of puts things in perspective. Uh, this is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. You know, Brendan, I was, uh, I was going to tell a story that I, I finally made it down and uh, I saw... Uh, my dentist, Dr. Bob Ridley, who is the son of the former, well, the current uh, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Tigers, 50 years. I saw him yesterday, and um, I was going to complain about dealing with a little bit of pain and trying to gut through his show, and sometimes you got to play hurt, but hey, 
when you when you sit there and talk about a guy doing a concert when he's dealing with brain cancer, I think it kind of puts things all about perspective. We're going to have some fun. This is going to be uh, a lighter show at times. It is a Wednesday, and on Wednesdays, for our friends at Touchback Safety, uh, we do our Legends of the Game series. And on today's show, we've done a lot over the last uh, month or so on the Oilers of the 80s. Last week, Brendan, uh, pinch hitting for me for the previous two weeks, uh, last week Brendan had Glenn Anderson on. Uh, just before I left, we pre-taped something with Wayne Gretzky, had him on. Uh, the week before that, Kevin Lowe. So a lot on the Oilers of the 80s. But for a lot of you that are listening to Oilers now, your genesis and progression in Oilers fans really kind of took off with the 2006 Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to circle back to that. And the guy that was the biggest story that year during the course of the playoffs. It was a remarkable uh, run for Fernando Pisani. He is in studio today at 12.35 on our Legends of the Game series. And uh, I, I, it's It's crazy. When you think about what occurred and then some of the trials and tribulations that Fernando subsequently had to deal with afterwards and just the fact that he made it to the NHL. I mean, it was like a six-round draft choice. Uh, so Fernando's coming up at 12.35 today. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Sticks coming to the River Cree August the 30th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Don't buy a new or pre-owned Ford without giving Heartland a chance. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. And you can tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott. And Brendan, just, just for the record... I haven't been on a T3 since 2010, so are you ready to step in if, if things go sideways here? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, but looking forward to how this show goes, bearing that in mind. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, that would be truly entertaining. And uh, so there you have it. Should we get the elephant out of the room here right away with Derek Broussard? We've had enough tweets and texts. I think we should. Okay. Again, you can text us at 630-630. So George LaRock, uh, who is, as you know, a former Montreal Canadian, we... And Edmonton Oiler. Uh, we used George a lot uh, until about a year and a half ago on the show. Uh, George tweeted out yesterday. I'm hearing that Edmonton. Uh, I'm hearing. In, I'm hearing in Edmonton that Derek Broussard is about to sign a one-year deal for the Edmonton Oilers. Great signing. Um, I would say uh, premature to say the least at this stage. Do I think that uh, the Oilers have interest in Derek Broussard, yes. Uh, could Edmonton use a third-line center? Absolutely. Could Derek Broussard use a fresh start uh, where he'd see some guaranteed power play time maybe on the second unit for sure. However, I'm under the distinct impression that there are multiple offers for Broussard services. They're all in the short-term range, so we're talking like one year. Uh, he's played almost exclusively in the Eastern Conference and my guess is that he signs in the East. I don't, you know what? We'll see. Maybe Edmonton gets him. The number, by the way, and they're all one-year terms. Maybe somebody steps up on a two-year deal, but uh, I, I'm going to hazard a guess that he ends up signing somewhere for short of $1.5 a year on a one-year term. That's just the market. It's the way it works. The bargains are always in mid to late August, and I qualify that by a tweet that... Uh, you know, I put out back 
Yeah, uh, Chris Johnson, in fact, just eight seconds ago. The wheels are in motion on free agent Derek Broussard finding a new home, but contrary to reports and speculation, it won't be in Edmonton. So there you go. And again, it's my belief that Derek Broussard ends up signing in the Eastern Conference. So again, Chris Johnson, CJ from Sportsnet, just putting that out a few minutes ago. Back on July the 28th. Not saying before October, this was a tweet that went out, uh, Bob underscore Stauffer, if at all. Not saying before October, if at all, but in my opinion, the number one uh, need to be addressed for the Oilers moving forward for the 2019-20 season is finding a way to get a third-line center, preferably a right shot. So do I think Edmonton was in on Broussard? Yes. Uh, I think Broussard's camp, I'm pretty sure Pat Brisson's his agent, uh, were monitoring, gauging interest. I think they've got multiple offers, and I think ultimately he's going to sign in the East. And uh, Chris Johnson reporting literally seconds ago it won't be in Edmonton. So maybe a case of... Uh, uh, and again, we'll wait until... It's official where Broussard signs, but I, I, those, these situations are fluid. I think George was partially right. Edmonton was certainly in on Broussard. You're not going to get every guy. It's kind of how it works in the business. To the Oilers Now Audio Vault, it is brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We discussed Yessa Pulley-Yarvey. On yesterday's edition of Oilers Now, it was a Stauffer Inspector Day for her friends at Horse Racing Alberta. I asked Mark what he thought Ken Holland should do with Yessa Pogliarvi. Nothing. You sit back. You know, he's obviously talked to every GM in the league about him. Uh, rosters are fairly set. How many trades do we see between now and the first game of the season, Bob? Well, between now and training camp, not a lot. No. Right, you have some guys that go through waivers that get picked off other clubs, no, and then you have a, guys that's coming different. in. Different. That's not making a hockey trade. Yeah, and then you have guys on PTOs coming in like Chase on all of that. But those right. guys don't get traded either. They right. either get signed here or signed somewhere else. Right. So re- the real like history tells us the trading season's done. Yeah. Right. It's over. So to me, Pulyarvi either decides I'm going to make whatever a guy gets makes in Ulu, which is. I'm not even sure it's six figures. Um, or I'm buckling down and coming back to Edmonton. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Spectre added some additional comments uh, regarding the situation between Pogliarvi and Leto. So there was a report yesterday out of Finland uh, saying that Pogliarvi, you know, looking for top six time, uh, time wants to play 15-plus minutes per game. Uh a lot of you would say, well, what about just coming back to Edmonton and earning a spot and, and carving out a, an opportunity here? It's looking like that ship has sailed. Uh, and many would say that ship has sailed. I mean, Speck reported that uh, Lato told him right at the NHL draft that Pugliarvi was not returning to Edmonton. Uh, you know, there's been situations before Jonathan Drouin and the Tampa Bay Lightning where it looked like, you know, he wasn't going to report to the minors. Things were going to go sideways there. Lato has received some criticism, but Spectre says this is more on Paul Yarvey than Lato, this most recent uh, comments that were out of a Finnish uh, TV station yesterday. Never forget that the agent works for the player. Yes. And a player should never be led around by the nose. Right. Right? He is agent. Never. And Marcus Lato, by the way, is based in, he is a Finnish agent. He's they based lots in, of guys. He's, he's based in agent. Chicago. Like he's, he's, he's a good a veteran, smart guy. Right. He knows what he's doing uh, in most cases. And if, but my point is this, criticize the decision, but it's yes, employee Harvey's decision. It's not the agent's decision. 
Yeah. And is it fair to say, and it's, it's funny, I actually got some, uh, I'll use the term tracer fire last night uh, via Twitter from a couple guys. Oh, you're being too hard on Paul Yarvey's camps. You're reading all the negative texts that came into your show. There's, I'm sure there were lots of positive ones. Brandon? No, th- not one. I didn't <laughs> see one. Like people, like what's happened here with Paul Yarvey is I think he had a lot of people in town empathetic to his cause as a player and thinking maybe he got the raw end of the deal and you stick him with Lucic and Strom for a while and, you know, of course he doesn't get any traction and why wasn't he playing more? And, hey, for the first, I don't know, year and two-thirds that yes, Apoliarvi was Oilers' property, I might have been one of those guys that said, you got to give this guy more time. But the problem is the final 25 or 30 games a year ago and then this past season, there was no juice in his game. And, you know, you, you put the guy in the power play, you got to put the time in to understand where you're supposed to be on the ice. And I, I, I got to tell you, new GM, new head coach, why doesn't he want to come back? What is it? Do you think maybe he picks up on something, on how he's perceived? Maybe some of the guys on the team who are way better players than him, think, Bud, you haven't really earned it yet. And, Brendan, that was kind of your theme yesterday when you talked about the fact that there is a sense of entitlement with the player. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to earn the respect of your teammates, and and certainly you do that by going out there and, and working your tail off for them and with them. And in doing everything that's happened this offseason, he's proved that that's not something he wants to do. And in the process, we've ended up with a scenario where there's been some frustration and exasperation from fans. And I, and I, and I, I got to tell you, there's very few guys left in town that are sitting there saying, well, this is all on the Oilers. They blew it. Like, you know what? Hey, I'm the first to tell you Edmonton as an organization has made some mistakes. That's an absolute given. The track run on Pete Shirelli last year, the trade of Strom for Spooner, when his own coaches told him not to do the deal. Um, the Brandon Manning trade for Drake Kajula. Like, but right now, you know, like there's enough bullets there where you could sit there and hammer the organization on a daily basis. But what's occurred here with Pugliarvi is I think fans are saying, just just wait a second here. What do you mean you don't want to come back? And, and like, my guess is if he came back, he'd probably almost be guaranteed a spot in the third line right wing. They'd just stick him there for 40 games unless he was absolutely abysmal. And he shows that he can play. But it does not appear like we're headed down that path. And again, if the orders were dressed in need, I think at this stage of the game, it would be center. Again, uh, if you've just joined us right now, Chris Johnson reporting at Sportsnet that uh, Derek Broussard will not be signing in Edmonton. Just put that out about four or five minutes ago. All right. Uh, RFAs, one of them signed today with the Ottawa Senators. We'll be telling you that, about that shortly on NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. But before we do, we played a bit of the uh, RFA game with Spec yesterday. What's Matthew Kachuk going to sign for? What's Brock Besser going to sign for in Vancouver? Uh, several of these paths during the course of the show. Mark Spector had some additional thoughts on the possibility of Mitch Marner potentially playing in Switzerland. 
the guy's got a democratic right to pursue that angle? Well, I think what you do, I don't, I mean, that doesn't preclude you from continuing to work on your contract with the lease, but what it does do is it gets this out of the way so you're not desperately seeking a place to play if the negotiations with the lease don't go well. I think it's forethought. I think it's a smart move, frankly. Yeah. And if even if I'm the Leafs, if Mitch Marner's not playing for me, I want him playing somewhere. I don't want him sitting around like Nylander did. It's never... I mean, you think, you know what? You just think they could make these deals. All right, that is uh, Mark Spector. It's 1220. You can always tell the real pros. They call in early when they're a guest on the show, and they arrive early when they're in studio on the show. And so as a result, for our friends at Touchback Safety, in four minutes' time, we're going to bring aboard on air Fernando Pisani. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. All right, it's 1223 at Edmonton. Uh, last night I was at a uh, Southside establishment and uh, bumped in a couple of my buddies uh, that uh, run uh, MC College, uh, Dino and Joe Cairo. Uh, obviously, big fans of uh, Italy uh, in international soccer. And we're having a conversation about pronunciations and enunciations. And I'm pleased to have in studio, a uh, as part of our Legends of the Game series, a guy who perhaps is the uh, prototypical legend of the 2006 Oilers platform, Fernando Pisani. And it is now, guys called you Pies, yeah, yeah. but it is Pisani, right? It is Pisani, but uh, yeah, a lot of the teammates called me Pies on the ice all the time. Is Now, did anybody ever tell you that if you really really went with a sort of a cacophonic, harsh pipe that that was considered, I was told it was a bit of an insult if you mispronounced the name of it. No, you know what? Uh, I never heard that before, so that's the yeah. uh, first time hearing it. What's the funniest thing a guy called you in the league on the ice? You think back to when you're, I mean, you're, because you're not a chirper, like you didn't say crap out there, right? No. So you weren't a guy beacon, the guys kind of left you alone, didn't they, for the most yeah, part? Yeah, you know what? They're, I didn't do a lot of chirping, I didn't do a lot of beacon, uh, I let other guys chirp. And Who just, chirped the most on the Oilers? During your time at Edmonton, you know what? Stevie was pretty vocal on the ice. Steve Stales, yeah, he was he was very vocal. Uh, Ethan was pretty vocal, and Ethan Morrow and uh, Jason Smith were pretty vocal on the ice. So Jason Smith was a great leader, wasn't he? Oh, he's phenomenal. He's uh, one of the best. Yeah, he was probably the best captain that you know that I've been a part of. You know, there's been some good guys. Ethan Morrow was very good. You know, I was very fortunate to have some very good leaders. Was Taze the captain in Chicago? Yeah, Taze was a captain, and he was very impressive at such a young age, and the professionalism that he showed and the leadership that he showed was, uh, yeah, you you don't see that at such a young age. I always credit the source. Uh, Robin Brownlee was writing for the Edmonton Sun, and he said of Jason Smith, he has the pain threshold of a cadaver. So I have have a couple abscesses that I'm dealing with right now. I've got the the T3s. I'm like, you know what? But it's true. Like, he was that tough of a guy, wasn't he, Jason Smith? He played with with a broken leg for for a while, and he'd block shots and take shots in the face and pucks in the face, and nothing phased him. And, you know, you you feel like you got a little hangnail and you're hurt, and you're like, I can't say anything about that because he's out there playing and, and, and giving it his all. So... And that's, that's the kind of guy he was. That's the leader he was. And I think everybody just kind of followed. We're joined by Fernando Pisani. We're going to get into the 2006 stuff uh, when we come back at the 12.30 break. But just, um, what, do, what are you, you're working out with the Edmonton Oil Kings. You're doing skill stuff. Uh, how's your summer been? You know what? Summer's been great. Uh, we, we were out in BC for, for most of it. And then we just got back. And I'm going to get started here with the Oil Kings. So I do skill development with them. And... Um, 
yeah, and that's about it. Just you know, the boys are playing hockey and coaching them, so keeping keeping busy with them. Are they highly skilled players? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're. I How think old are they players. now? So I got three kids: 14, 12, and ten. So the twelve and ten year olds are are hockey players. And, okay. Uh, uh, my youngest just played on on the brick, so they they lost in the finals in overtime. So that was heartbreaking, and uh, it was tough to see. You When's know? the last time Edmonton's been in the final in that game? It's been a long time. Yeah, I know Bowmeister's team won way back when, but yeah. that's that's because when he was that age, he looked like he was already in the NHL. I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. But he was probably six one still <laughs> at that time. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know when the last time. I think they the year before they lost in in the semis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a heartbreaker in overtime. So yeah. it's tough. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just uh, you know, so twelve years old and t- so is that is that Pee Wee Double A and uh, so it'll be uh, Bantam first year. Oh, he's Bantam. going in a first year Bantam. First year Bantam. And I'll have to talk to you about it. There's there's a kid out there that I've been told is a out of out of uh, he might have played with maybe White Mud West or something last Southwest kid. And Garrett Thom, who apparently is a pretty good player at that age group, I've already got I've already got agents asking me about him. Oh so, really? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. So okay. you must. I mean, when you get asked about a twelve, you must be. Yeah, you, you must be good. When yeah. did they start asking about you? Uh, not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a late bloomer, and um, I played uh, St. Albert Saints and Juniors, and going into my last year, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Providence. So I think. Uh, I was playing relaxed and loose, and then we ended up winning the AJHL and, and lost to the Vernon Vipers in the uh, in the finals there. And then I was able to get uh, to go to Providence and played four years there. So I was very very fortunate enough, and I think I kind of opened some eyes in, yeah. in my last year at the at the AJ with the Saints. We'll talk a bit about your journey along the way. Uh, we'll come back, uh, Fernando Pisani. Weather's Legends of the Game brought to you by Touchback Safety. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodoin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.